0: Beer. Beer.
1: Why do we always fuck these things up, though? I don't know. But, oh well. Uh, yeah. Here we are. Yeah. No great intros this time. Just uh, <laughs>
0: half in the bag. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, we're gonna get sued. My cirrhosis is killing
0: me. <laughs> Wait, did they release a new half in the bag, or are you just getting caught up? I was just. No, I, they did release a new one actually. It was a. Uh, I know they released a best of the worst. Oh, shit! You're right. Which I think those are my favorite. No, I, everything they do, I'm sorry, I'm. we're both huge red-letter media fans around these parts. These oh, guys yeah. are slowly becoming like my idols. And but, they finally got over a million, I think, subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. Which,
1: congrats to them. But
0: yeah, every the reviews are, I love those, and the half in the bag, of course, but yeah, even the fucking best of the worst. All good shit. Oh yeah, especially when they do
1: shit like Plinketto and... Uh, Stuff like that. Yeah. That, where they have the big Plinko board to pick their movies. Yeah. That shit's fantastic. Anyhoozle. Yeah. Welcome to another Beers, Bongs, Battle Axes.
0: Oh, I couldn't finish it. That's and okay.
1: You tried. Uh, Yeah. Another movie review episode. We saw a couple films this time.
0: Because why the fuck not?
1: Well, hey, we did that with our first one, remember? We did Lords of Chaos
0: and American Satan. That hmm. one was planned, though. Yeah. This one kind of just happened. Yeah. That's because it was, was going to be Color Out of Space, but then we both saw Guns of Kimbo, and we're like, well, we have to talk about that oh, fucking yeah. movie. I
1: mean, both of these movies we're talking about this week, like, I
0: went in with very
1: low expectations, or no expectations of, at all, mm-hmm. and was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised by both of these movies. Fucking A. First one we're going to be talking about today is Color Out of Space, mm-hmm. uh, the Nicolas Cage <laughs> version yeah, right. that AKA, just came out. like, Mandy 2.0. It really is though, (laughs) and then another one in a good way. Oh, definitely. Mandy was
0: fucking awesome too. Mandy's really, isn't it the same director too? Um, it very well could be. It had the very, it had the same feel and everything. Oh yeah, same sensibilities and whatnot, and Um, even visually.
1: But it was good. And then the second one we're going to be talking about today is uh, the Color Out of Space or, fuck. (laughs) It's (laughs) I, this is it's br- <laughs> happening again, Michael. <laughs> no, this is the first time I've come to one of these recordings like high in a while. Oh. So my brain's... Uh, only three of the four cylinders are firing right now. <laughs> but no, the other one is from a, a New Zealand filmmaker. Can't pronounce his name. Uh, but Guns Akimbo, which it's been a minute since I've seen an action movie that I dug as much as I saw this movie. Mm-hmm. It was good.
0: Great, even. Um, yeah, well... I have to, I have to remake, a, like, a top ten list every goddamn year because something else pops up. Oh, yeah. But I really want to put Guns of Kimbo on my, like, top ten I, sp- like, I don't know about ever, but definitely for, like,
1: top ten action films. I, it just did it for me. Anyway, we'll talk about it. Uh, yeah, I, I guess we'll just get into the color out of space first, which, for any of you uncultured swine out there who don't know this... <laughs> Hello. This is one it's of the me. more prominent H.P. Lovecraft stories. Hmm from way back in the 1920s and 30s. And, uh, yeah, this adaptation of it is a modern retelling, obviously. Right, because like, 20s or something? Uh, like in that time it might even be set in the late 1800s, honestly, because it's about a farmer in yeah, that
0: kinda New that kind of would have been a England. little
1: bit better, though. I mean, it would, but you got to take into consideration how expensive period pieces are. Sure, sure. But I think that would have been really cool to oh, see. Oh, definitely. But then... But if you go that route, then you definitely can't get Nicolas Cage to do it. You just slap a pilgrim outfit on him; it'll
0: work. Uh, <laughs>
1: I don't know. Have have Nick Cage talking old Visual English? Visual
0: accuracy, sure. As far as the rest of it, eh. <laughs> just a
1: bunch of. But fucking... see, if you're going for a period piece like that, I think you need to take it a little more seriously as sure. well. Yeah, yeah. Which that's one of the things I do like about the Colorado space is it doesn't take itself too seriously. Fair enough. While so, also okay. being a, one of the better Lovecraft adaptations I've seen in terms of capturing the type of horror that I imagine H.P. Lovecraft imagined in his
0: brain when he was writing this shit. Just very mind-fuckery, as well as slight visual, like body horror and stuff like that. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, brief overview is The Color Out of Space is about a family living in a uh, Massachusetts woodland and uh, they're they're farmers essentially well in this adaptation nick cage also seems to have had another career maybe as a writer he was a writer
0: and, and then his he... wife was like an investment banker like yeah. trading in stocks and stuff and he, they he took over his dad's farm or whatever and then they invested in alpacas yeah, for which is a weird or something. That was such a weird little subplot. Not really a subplot, but.
1: I mean, it factors in for some great horror late in the film, yeah, but yeah. It, like, weird hill to die on in yeah. that script. It yeah. played a major
0: part. <laughs> it did. They were, the llamas were brought up a lot, or alpacas, whatever the fuck they were. Um,
1: and Nick Cage and his wife have uh, two children. Mm-hmm. They're uh, stereotypical and probably the poorest, or three children two boys and then their witchy daughter. Right. Uh, And uh, So this family one day finds a meteorite crashed into their front yard and it's emitting this weird color, which obviously this is something they're never gonna be able to do because we can't bend the laws of physics and whatnot. Mm. But in the story it's described, and they even use it as one bit of dialogue in it, that it's a color that nobody's ever seen before.
0: Yeah, and obviously in this, it's just some weird pinkish purple. Well, and I guess that helps with. I mean, it's I, like you said, you can't describe it. But I thought it was kind of weird. How when he's talking to the police and describing the color, he's like, "It's pink," but then he's like, "No, no, no, it's no, it's a color I've never seen before." I don't right. know, I just thought that was a weird little... Why didn't he just say it's like a color? I, I just thought it was kind of stupid to be like, it's pink. Well, <laughs> hold on a second. It's actually... Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, but in the book, there's not anything like that. It's just always described as like, this is no color a human's ever seen before. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it is to be expected because, you know, these guys are just filmmakers. They're well, not and you have gone, to have so can, a
0: visual thing. Like, you,
1: the audience has to know. Right. Too. You can't just have no color there and have them try and act like there's something there. Right. Because then the audience is back, like,
0: what's going Which, on? Which, in reality, could help play with a mindfuckery type Lovecraft film. I'm just saying. I'm, Even fuck with the audience. Maybe. I mean, it uh, all... take a deft hand to pull that off, though, right. without it just looking cheesy as fucking hell. Right. So that was a. Uh, yeah. Meteorite, And then... Um, was the water guy added in for the movie? Or was no. he in the book, too? Um, he's in
1: the book. He's the main character of the book. Because, as with most H.P. Lovecraft stuff, it's told from the first person. Right. And that little monologue he has at the very beginning of the film mm-hmm. is actually the opening lines to the story. Okay. Okay. But, yeah, he's fleshed out a little bit more because H.P. Lovecraft never really expounded on his characters when he was writing from the first person. Mm -hmm. Like, you might get little tidbits of their history and stuff, but you know, he's left kind of blank so the reader can feel like, oh, I'm inhabiting this character right now. Yeah. And so, following the crash of the meteor, strange things start happening. The family starts exhibiting different types of behavior Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, that's really all I want to say besides, without going in too... Spoilery? Div- yeah. Because, yeah. uh... I don't know where I was going with that. So what were your general impressions?
0: I mean, I know you already said you liked it. I did like it. Um And it was for a lot of reasons, but mainly because it was a... It, it kind of felt like a combination of um, Mandy and uh, Annihilation... I don't think I've ever seen Annihilation. You didn't see it? It's basically the same fucking plot. Because I think, and I might be wrong, but the book that Annihilation uh, was taken from was inspired by Color Out of Space. Hmm. Because it's literally, meteorite hits, there's a weird light in the forest, and the light slowly starts corrupting and twisting the land like what happens in color. And it's all like visually good, and, and this whatever is in the light starts mixing species. Like, there's an alligator-shark hybrid and, like, deer. That's horrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's... it's Well, shark it, it looks just like an alligator, but it has shark teeth. So, so like, yeah, it's it's really cool. Like, it's, it starts off sci-fi, then slowly devolves into a horror movie, which Ooh, I, I fucking love Innihilation, awesome. man.
1: I'm going to have to check that out now. That sounds great.
0: Um, so, yeah, I, I love color for that reason too I, I i think we talk about this almost every fucking time but i should be a bigger lovecraft fan than i am because i love that cosmic horror Cosmic horror, horror is the greatest it's so fascinating to me well i like it too because it always plays up the incident
1: insignificance of man mm-hmm. because yeah we as a species tend to be quite full of ourselves because we think just because we're the top of the food chain we're the most important thing in this like yeah. unknowably large universe yeah when the reality is that no, we're on one little rock mm-hmm. in one little tiny part of space, just kind
0: of spinning in circles till we die, and I made it—I I fucked up already. I said combination of Mandy and uh, Annihilation. I meant to say The Thing in Annihilation. That's Non-Carton fair. Was the thing, yeah. Just for a few parts, but it, well, it, even that's
1: slightly based off Lovecraft as well. Well, yeah, exactly. It's, it's crazy. Like, the more I get into reading H.P. Lovecraft's stories, the more I see his influence and shit that I've loved right. growing up and stuff like that. Right. Fuck, even
0: Mass Effect.
1: Oh, yeah. There's a few yeah. missions
0: in there where you're like, wow, this is really Lovecraft kind of shit. But I digress. Anyway. I
1: mean, Dead Space is a perfect example of it, oh, which yeah. is why I'm so excited for uh, Moons of Madness. Yeah. Um, one thing that I cannot give this movie enough props for is... Obviously, there's some CG in it, because it's a mid-level or mid-budget horror film. But when they absolutely could, like, any time they could, they used
0: practical, practical effects. And even with that, which, yes, fuck yes. Please keep doing that shit. God, it's a dying practice, and I miss it. But the trailer made it look like even more low-budget. Oh, yeah. So I was like, hopefully it's still kind of good. But then, like, some of the CG parts you do see, they looked...
1: Perfectly Absolutely. fine. They it really did better look than good. some of the
0: big budget movies yeah. we've seen. So that was impressive to me. I fucking yeah, that was that was really good. No, that that is
1: one of the things that this movie has going for it is it's so nice to see a horror movie that somebody put some money behind mm-hmm. that isn't done by committee. Uh, this is very clearly the vision of a director. Who has a really competent team on his hands mm-hmm. and they all worked very well together to create a really really solid horror film hell yeah uh it might be one of my favorites nice. ever at this point ever yeah That's i think huge. it uh finally kicked out event horizon out of my top five <sighs> which funny. it was a recent edition i but think
0: you're all not you're all you're uh you're about the only person I know that actually enjoyed that movie. Event Horizon? I mean, like, without it, without making fun of it. Like, you legit think it's a good movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's great. It, it's got Lawrence
1: Fishburne, who's fantastic in everything. Right. It's Lovecraftian in nature. Mm-hmm. Clive Barker did some concept work for it while the movie was in pre-production. That's why the sphere... Uh, In the, like, the core that runs the ship in that movie. That's why a lot of it looks like almost church steeples protruding from it. Yeah. Because it's a Clive Barker design, and I'm just like, ooh, yes, yes, Clive, you (laughs) sadomasochistic weirdo. Then it's got Sam Neill, who was in also Mouth of Madness. But we've talked about that before, how Sam Neill... Event Horizon and Mouth of Madness are two examples of the kind of performance you can get from him as an actor depending on the director. Right, right, Because Event Horizon is Paul W.S. Anderson and so Sam Neill's actually the weakest part of that film. Exactly. Mouth of Madness, John John Carpenter, Carpenter, Sam Neill's the best part of that fucking movie. He gives a hell of a performance. Mm
0: -hmm. And who was I watching? I think it was... uh... Nostalgia Critic, maybe. He was doing Event Horizon. This was a couple of years ago. but I think I've seen that one recently. Yeah, but he was dogging on like the lack of gore, but then there was like a deleted scene at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, it's the video they find. Yeah! Where it's a hardcore yeah, that, like, blood orgy. That movie would probably make it easily my top five horror movies. Oh, like, if they, if they would have stuck that, with that all throughout? Fucking a. They got hit
1: hard with censorship. That's yeah. why I can still... Enjoy the movie the way I can. It was like I know what you were trying to do, right? And you guys just got screwed making this film. That's fair. And like I said, only good film by Paul W S Anderson.
0: <laughs> now he's doing monster. Hunting.
1: I know how that hack ended up with Mila Jovovich. I will <laughs> never understand. Yeah, he must be hung like a
0: bull elephant. You know, <laughs> or nah. Maybe I've he's got a great personality. Him, maybe even his interviews are kind of. <laughs> what the fuck but we've gone we love twice <laughs> you need help
1: we digress though yeah yeah um, anyway, back to color I thought I really thought it was annoying like this is one of my biggest complaints in that whole movie though is the daughter for color out of space um like, she was very um uninspired yeah. She felt written by a person who doesn't understand teenage girls. Yeah, at all. Yeah, and making her a witch was—I
0: was—I I was felt unnecessary. My biggest problem too, because uh, <laughs> and I—I I don't know if this is spoiler territory, but if it is, spoiler. Um, I really thought that would play a bigger part because again, I never read the book, but I know there's like always a cult. With like Cthulhu Not always. Shit. Not always, but... And this, that one in particular doesn't have a cult or anything like I that. I kind of thought it would be kind of cool if, like... She didn't summon the meteorite, but she had some kind of insight. Like, uh, you know, I'd that see, wish part would play a bigger role. Oh, I... Instead yeah, of it just see, being some weird it out, angsty teen thing. If they fleshed it out better, yeah. instead
1: of just being like, Oh,
0: look, she's a witch, and we're not going to do anything with that. But she wasn't... Yeah, exactly. It was just filler shit. Yeah,
1: it's like... <laughs> It was a poor attempt at giving her like fleshing her character out better in my opinion. Right. Because it serves no purpose in the film. It's just like oh this is what separates her from the rest of her normal family. Whereas with the movie that we got I think it would have worked better if she was just a normal girl. Like she could have just been a goth chick or something like that. Right. And it wouldn't have felt as out of place. Mm -hmm. Like she could just be that angsty teenager who likes to wear all black and you know dyes her hair a certain way and listens to certain bands. Yeah. Instead of, you know, having this weird paperback copy of the Necronomicon.
0: And, you know what? Which is also Lovecraft, though, right? Uh, yes, he invented the Necronomicon. That's why I was kind of stoked. I, thought it, I literally thought it was going to be...
1: Yeah, fun. but that would have been bound in human flesh if it was the real Necronomicon. And you know what? <laughs> I've been, like, pondering this in my mind. Like, just how fucked up do you think the world would be if the actual Necronomicon got printed enough to be a mass-market paperback book? Ooh. Just like everybody and their mother trying to summon demons and shit right. with this fucking book. It'd be a hellscape. It'd be doom eternal. <laughs> My husband's
0: cheating. Get the book. <laughs> <laughs> I got it Got it on sale at Barnes & Noble. <laughs> no, that would be fucking... Yeah, that would be crazy. Um. Well, obviously we have to talk about the dude who stole the show was fucking Nicolas Cage. Oh, Again. yeah. Fucking guy. It's It's almost meta like
1: his acting style these yeah. days well that's one of the fucking things that I find so interesting about Nicolas Cage is the man especially in his later years has like really leaned heavy into the I'm going to just ham it up I'm going to chew the scenery I'm sure. going to overact the shit out of everything it's amazing to me How much variety he can find in that overacting. Right. Because his overacting in this isn't the same as Mandy, or as the Wicker Man. Or or... Con Air, even. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like He just finds a new way to be this intense, (laughs) crazy-ass
0: guy in every film. Which is what his career is based off of. And it's so damn impressive. It really is. It really fucking is. The man... Has mastered whatever... The, it's, it's just Nick Cage. I don't think anybody will ever be Nick Cage. No, but you get these people who, yeah, they may overact, but it's the same kind of shit every role they're in, no
1: matter what. Triss. Where That's why I say for a lot of Hollywood is they're not really actors, they're movie stars. Yeah. Because outside of, like, the
0: like Daniel Day-Lewis's yeah.
1: and... The method actors. Yeah, the hardcore ones, the Gary Oldman's. Yeah. Who...
0: Well, is Gary... Would he be a method or is yeah. he a character
1: actor? He's a method actor okay. and a character actor because like Hannibal is a perfect example. He plays this guy that Hannibal Lecter drugged and convinced to cut off like 70% of his own face and feed it to his dogs yeah. in the film. Yeah.
0: So in the movie
1: he like has no lips. Right, he looks like a butthole thing. <laughs> well, yeah, because he but, only has one oh, eye, yeah. and that eye doesn't have There's any lids. To, yeah, so he has I to have that. like a. That was burning in my head as a kid. A cup that goes over his eyes and sprays it to keep his eyeball moist. Mm. And not only did he wear all that makeup, he like studied people with like similar severe injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went in that movie uncredited, so he doesn't have his name in the credits. Oh. Like that's how like into that role he got. Damn, I dig that. And so, Nicolas Cage, I don't know if I would consider... He's definitely a character actor, I'd say.
0: But he's always playing himself. That's true. Or what we are perceived to be Nicolas Cage. (laughs) It's always so
1: varied that you can't really call him a movie star, because you're always going to get something different with him. No,
0: I, I used to hate him, but now I absolutely love the guy really oh yeah
1: am. he's become a national treasure in my
0: opinion <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean to make that joke damn it so fun. <laughs> it's so bad alright Um. and then Tommy Chong was pretty interesting I was just about to bring that he, I thought he did a really good job yeah I he's, thought he did he I, was really like subtle and he was just normal but then he kind of got creepy towards the end oh yeah he pulled
1: off creepy very well I just liked him because once again, yeah, they have him playing as a hippie, but you know, he's not too much like Leo from that 70s show or his Chong character from the old Cheech and Chong duo. Well, he's just more (laughs) mellow. Yeah, he's just an old guy. He's probably the smartest character in the movie. (laughs) Do you think they actually filmed that movie out east or because that looked like it could have also been like the Pacific Northwest where they were filming that shit. I was
0: getting, yeah, like British Columbia vibes, wherever the fuck they it were. It probably
1: was somewhere up in Canada, so yeah. it's so goddamn cheap to film it there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Bastards. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that would be spoilers. I'm just, I'm just replaying the movie in my head. Um, the uh, This is about
1: as far as I want to go spoilery, but, like, they did a really good job building tension in this film and the one scene i'd like to highlight for that is the first time anything really goes wrong for the family it's the day after the meteorite hits and they're just watching tv and the wife is in the kitchen oh prepping dinner yeah they just do a really good job of just like the very subtle music cue that starts Mm -hmm. building tension Mm -hmm. the the tight angles Mm -hmm. on the shot and uh
0: that feeling of dri- you know you're something like something's about to happen. Yeah, I yeah. wonder
1: what. And yeah. then, so spoiler for this part, she cuts her own finger off while she's chopping vegetables. Mm-hmm. Two of them actually mm-hmm. cuts both her and
0: she's, middle and ring finger. Leading off.
1: up to it, she's very clearly like in some sort of weird trance. She's damn near drooling, just staring off in the distance. She cuts two fingers off. Not a peep. Yeah, and she, she just ha- keeps going. And she yeah, yeah. She just keeps going until the little kid pulls her out of it Mm -hmm. and oh god it like that had me on edge right up until like once the fingers were off i was like ooh, that's gross but like the tension's been released Mm -hmm. but damn it and there's several other instances of that in
0: this film that are just
1: fantastic
0: um yeah i I, i'm a huge fan of those slow burn movies I, i do love those and although i didn't think the ending paid off as well as I wanted it to. I don't know if that's the book was the same or whatever, but... It's just weird to me, I guess. I don't it didn't. Yeah, the, the ending
1: differs in the fact that... Like, in the end of the book, the only one left alive is... The father, the patriarch of the family, but he's absolutely insane. Yeah. And that's really about it. They talk about how they've seen lasting effects in other parts like they mentioned arkham the city created by lovecraft a lot and how the guy who's writing the story he's like i'll I'll never drink the water there again Mm -mm. knowing that that shit's still in there right but they talk about it like it's weakened but still all right and that's there and yeah just kind of ends so I honestly kind of, since it's a movie, I prefer the way it ended Yeah, in the movie as opposed to the book, because that would have been super anticlimactic.
0: Right. I guess it just upset me, because I have way more questions than I got answers. Oh, that, that's how you're <laughs> supposed to feel at the I end I guess, of it.
1: which is fair, given the and source material. I'll say this much, it wasn't a happy ending,
0: and no. I was that I liked a lot. But back to the water thing, because we kind of glossed over that, and the water guy itself, that what happens is... When the meteorite crashes, it ends up burrowing into their well, and into the it affects the water table. Like it, yeah, infects the water for the entire town. And not just that,
1: but it affects uh, the land itself. Like crops are uh, turned disgusting, even though they look huge and ripe and yeah, yeah, yeah. great
0: to eat. But that's just on their property. So right, far. that its reach it doesn't
1: extend that far. But what yeah. it does to the water affects the whole town. Right, right. And uh, yeah. new species start popping up that have never been seen before.
0: But, yeah. it was I Yeah, it was really good. It, all in all, a, weird, a solid yeah.
1: movie, especially for a mid-to-low-budget film. Yeah, that
0: was probably the most surprising They've part. They managed to pull sure. off a
1: lot of good shit with only one, and he's not even really a big-name actor anymore. He's just somebody who's been around forever. Yeah. Uh, so, if you like horror movies that have some humor, one thing I would like to bring up to you, the alpaca milking scene like i was unsure about the movie because the first the first (laughs) 10 minutes or so focuses heavily on the daughter Uh and then we start seeing the rest of the family and we get to the scene where nicholas cage is uh milking an alpaca and it is just so weird and so funny that by the time that scene was over i was like all right you know what win, lose, or draw, I'm gonna enjoy this movie to some extent, <laughs> because that was fucking funny. That's one of those scenes where you're
0: like, were they really planning on filming that day, or was Nick just kinda doing Nick He's like, hey, things? He's like, hey, bring the camera, I wanna do something real quick. I'm gonna milk this alpaca. <laughs> what? <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, alpaca, I wanna milk you. <laughs> <laughs> that poor alpaca is probably the best day of its life. So, since you are the residential Lovecraft fanatic and expert... One I can't remember what podcast it was but we were talking about uh, <clears throat> how no one has yet or maybe ever will adapt a good Love Trap story is this an exception yeah okay yeah I would say so this is a very good adaptation and
1: that's the thing is uh, like a lot of these adaptations are super super low budget yeah because most of it's in the public domain, so pretty much anybody can get their hands on it. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes a lot of them bad is just like these are, you know probably student filmmakers or yeah. like just starting out filmmakers so they don't have the resources. They probably don't have the experience on the set. So it just it's they tried, but they're not great. Mm-hmm. And there are good adaptations, but I've found at least personally for me, the best adaptations are the ones that keep the idea in spirit but severely alter the guts of the story yeah and a lot of that being because nobody has the money to put up to do these period pieces Mm. because of how old some of these works are like a perfect example is reanimator
0: right which Which isn't a Lovecraft book or anything, but it's it was a serialized
1: inspired. like novella.
0: Oh, it was okay, I didn't yeah. Know that. And uh, I thought it was just you know inspired by his works. No,
1: that that's an HP, it's the title of the Lovecraft story is Herbert West Reanimator, mm. and it's a lot more serious than that. God damn, sorry, but it I starts know, off in like the mind. late 1800s and goes all the way up to because have you seen the sequel? Uh, Be, uh the brighter reanimator. <sighs> I don't think I have no. So the sequel, there is a couple scenes where it shows Herbert West and his assistant from the first movie. They're now serving in the military in Vietnam
0: as field medics. Isn't that the one? Okay, I think that's where the chick is just so heavily dismembered at the end of the video or movie. She just fucking explodes or something.
1: No, that's uh, Return of the Living Dead Three. Return of Li- the
0: the fuck am I? Thinking? With the punk
1: rock chick who.
0: I don't think that's it brighter that's the one where he like takes parts from other people right and oh puts her together? that's
1: right because only her head survives yeah the it. it's the head okay Matt, you're right i was getting them mixed up so i did see that one but yeah there's a couple of scenes where herbert west and his assistant are serving as field medics in uh vietnam the, the time frame for that in the books is actually the first world war See, see, that so would have been cool. That would have been cool, but that would also mean you'd have to be able to right. build a set of a college from the late 1800s, early 1900s, and have all your characters and all your extras dressed in that period. Mm-hmm. And that should cost a lot of money. Oh yeah, for sure. Because that's it's that's not why like the witch
0: can... only had four fucking characters. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> but it's not like you can, you know. Just go to a Goodwill and find some, like,
0: Edwardian-era suits. Right. That doesn't work that way. Costume design, turns out, is fucking expensive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that's also a dying art. Yeah. Fucking A.
1: So, yeah, I find the best adaptations are ones where they're like, okay, here's the core of the story. Guy does X, or X happens to Guy. And then they're just like, all right, how can we tell it? in a modern-day setting, and make it a good story. Uh, Reanimator does that wonderfully, especially leading into the comedy of it, and Color Out of Space does the same thing. Like It it adds enough levity to the situations to where it's just not this bleak, humorless movie that makes you want to kill yourself by the end of it, Mm -hmm. while also being dark enough to affect you. And leave you walking away satisfied for the most part, other than the myriad of questions you have by the end of it. Right. Right. But I actually enjoy the ambiguity
0: of it. That's fair. Totally. So. I mean, I'm kind of a walking... um, What's that word? Uh, Nah, where I have two, like... Hypocrite. I'm a hypocrite. Okay. Or whatever. Because I said I like slow burn movies, which I fucking do. But I also am a slut for creature movies. So it's kind of like I want the money shot in these movies, but I, according to. God, God damn it. Hey! I'm talking! I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> um. What was this? Oh, yeah. So. Um. Sorry, my Money contact shot. is really fucking bothering me for some reason. Are you dying? I might be. Oh no. Better go out with the bang. <laughs> <laughs> Should have gotten some whiskey. <laughs> um, so yeah, but just reading up on the lore and stuff, like, Lovecraft wasn't about the monsters, it was always about the psychological effect that they had on you without oh, yeah. ever showing them
1: the fact that so, there is these creatures from space right
0: that, that can mentally fuck you Well, from that are so brilliant and unknowable
1: yeah. that you can't um, fathom what they look like yeah and to see them would shatter one's grasp on reality right
0: and that's why I was always bummed about the call of Cthulhu games because he's rarely, if ever, seen. The only time you ever really see him is, like, in a statue or something. Well, that's
1: just, like... And spoilers for anybody who actually wants to play this game. It's a few years old now. I just beat the Call of Cthulhu, like, last week. Yeah. And, yeah, he's not in the game unless you specifically pick the ending where you give in to the cult and help them summon him. And even for then, it's like five frames, right, and that, right. then it cuts to credits. There's, then that's where I'm like,
0: fuck you! That's why I like South then, Park so
1: much. They did the Coon and Friends episode yeah. where he summons Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Like, even though it's, they made him real goofy-looking, they made him all fat and slow, right, right. it's still it's like, yes, finally somebody's just letting me
0: yeah. look at him. <laughs> so, that's always been my biggest issue with these movies, so it's, it's whatever. Or, I mean, you still got some good money shots in this film. No, you did, but yeah, you... Well, I mean, specifically the whatever was in the meteorite. Oh, that yeah. That was a letdown for me. Wh- whatever the fuck. Yeah, I don't, I don't I won't say the ending, but anyway. That's where I always, when we're doing with, like, the old Cthulhu games and shit, whatever. We're, yeah. I'm, I'm done with this shit. All right. Well, <laughs> then I guess... Uh, Guns of Kimbo.
1: <laughs> we're going to take a quick break real quick. Got to pay them bills. And then we'll be talking about Guns Akimbo. You're
0: paying bills with these podcasts?
1: <laughs> no, I wish. Jesus. <laughs> it's a turn of phrase. Okay. But anyways, we'll be right back. Bye. All right. That was our hastily recorded uh, Anchor <laughs> commercial. Unless you're watching this on YouTube. It yeah. is
0: for Anchor. Well, you didn't put one on the YouTube one.
1: No, I don't put them on the YouTube ones. If <laughs> it's you listen just kind on... of funny. I know. <laughs> but if you listen on Anchor, we'd get some ad revenue from that, Tyler. I told you like I'm five I'm subscribed times. to the
0: channel so when I get the notification, our podcast Anchor is pops is a I'm free like, <laughs> app.
1: Just download it and listen to it on there. I think I have it. Don't yell at me. I'm yelling. You're whisper yelling. It's even worse. That's because I don't want the So passive aggressive. <laughs> I will hit you with my <laughs> ring hand. Alright. Anyways. This has been a really unfocused and messy podcast so far. Let's really? I we thought could, we were
0: doing all right. I mean, we're,
1: uh, we keep getting off track. And uh, right. I'm getting a little more that, buzzed. That was a little the least spoilery review we've done so far, though. I'd like to get better <clears to> <throat> at that. I mean, not
0: that we oh, have instead a huge of telling, listener base. <laughs> no, but <laughs> like, instead of telling everybody every scene spo- of the fucking movie, a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: anyways, hey, whatever. I'll let you introduce this one since you're all about it. I'm all about it, too, but. Lovecraft's my thing,
0: so you go ahead. Well, and I'm kind of mad at myself because I wanted to rewatch this one. I only had it. Fresher. It's not available to buy yet. I could only rent it. Really? Yeah. On Prime? Yeah. I think you can buy it on Xbox.
1: No, Maybe I checked there. First. Oh, I did try
0: checking. Yeah, it was still it's rent. for rental only. Weird. Anyway, well. Oh fuck. Okay. Well. Yeah, it anyway, sucks, but I did really want to rewatch it because when I first watched it again, I was kind of. <laughs> It's one of those nights where you're just like you have one beer and it turns into fucking 20. I mean, <laughs> Yep. I don't know how that goes. That happened to anybody. <laughs> anyway.
1: Um, this is also a part time Alcoholics Anonymous <laughs> podcast yeah. as, as we're <laughs> drinking our beer because we're the worst kind of AA goers. <laughs> um
0: But uh so it's basically Um it's not really dystopian future. It's it's set in our society like now. Well, tell them what the movie is first, you dingus. Guns Akimbo. There we go. I thought
1: we said that like five times. Yeah, but still. <laughs> a proper introduction to the review. For, Sorry. We would reiterate the name. We are talking about Guns Akimbo. <laughs> oh, thank you,
0: Mr. Attenborough. <laughs> now this is David Attenborough. <laughs> Guns Akimbo. Featuring Harry Potter and the chick from every horror movie ever made. Really? Samara Weaving's been in... A bunch of horror movies, bro. I'm telling you, she, I, not, not a lot, but I really want her to be like the future scream queen. Like, oh,
1: she definitely could be a Sigourney Weaver or, or a
0: Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, like, I really think she is our generation's Jamie Lee Curtis. Anyway, it's a, it's about a video game developer who hates his job because he was working for a big company and then he got moved to a mobile department for a mobile phone game. And that already in itself, because just the humor, like they, these people who are writing or the director, someone, they're all fucking nerds. I I understand they're totally every reference in this movie, and I I had a big ass smile on my face. And it's anyway, it's about him, um, and a underground, almost kind of like bum fights or it's an illegal web series. Yeah, it's very dark side of the web series where they gather these criminals together and have them kill each other for money. And it sounds stupid on paper because and that's why I like this movie because a lot of the logic flaws were like, well, how the fuck are they getting away with it? And then you find out like the cops are actually Diligently working on finding how these people are doing this shit, like or bought and paid or, for. It. Yeah, exactly. And it they fill. I like this movie a lot, man. I do too. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so. You know what it reminds me of yeah. after thinking about it?
1: Not the book by Stephen King, or I think it would actually be Richard Bachman, but the film adaptation starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, The Running Man. The Running Man.
0: Thank you. That was the one I kept thinking That's a, of. That's it's a very yeah.
1: similar to that. Yes. Only it's not run by the state. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, Criminal activity, but it, in terms, it's very similar. Daniel Radcliffe, uh, his big character flaw in this film is that he's, he's an internet troll slash sociopath. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a troller of the troll. Like, he right, takes right. that high and mighty. Like, he's not yeah. the one saying disgusting stuff. He's the one. He's.
0: Right, he's but a he's PC always, cop. He's basically. still just fishing for attention Reactions Online. yeah.
1: Mm hmm.
0: And, uh,. That's what gets him in trouble, because he starts trolling the website that these What is it called? Uh, I don't remember what the show is called. Shit. It's the guy's name. Um, Schism. Schism. That's what it is. Schism. I remember thinking that because it's a tool song. Every time it comes on, I'm like, (laughs) Schism! (laughs) Schism! Anyway. Um, So, yeah. The website's called Schism, and that's where they run this um, fucked up game show. And he starts trolling on there, and is off the owner, of the address, yeah. yeah. Pisses off the owner, the founder of all this shit. They track him down and uh, kidnap him, and he wakes up with two. Um, I don't know if they're like nineteen elevens or I don't know the exact gun type, but two pistols, big ones, big ones. They're no
1: twenty twos, that's for sure. Bolted
0: to his fucking
1: hands, and <laughs> like they have essentially finger guards over it, yeah. and. For each one, it's drilled directly into Into knuckles. Yeah, like or the in-between part of the knuckles, and then a big bolt going through the pistol grip into the palm and back of his hand. This beard's getting to me. Sorry, (laughs) and it looks disgusting. Like that was some good practical effects too. We were talking about that for Color Out of Space. Yes, like that shit looked infected
0: and painful. Yeah, it got progressively worse as the movie went on. And, uh, no, I love that little attention to detail shit. I wish, uh, th- I wish they could
1: have expounded more on, like, how having all those bolts in his hands were affected by firing the guns. Because I can only imagine, like, if oh, Stephen King trigger. were writing that, <laughs> every time he f- pulled the trigger, you feel those <laughs> bolts grinding yeah. against the bones and shit like that. Oh, yeah. Like, and
0: I'm just, Ooh, I'm giving myself <laughs> the wheel. He's just talking about it. <laughs> and his, uh, they give him, a, a task... Slash ultimatum, because this tournament has a reigning champ played by Samara Weaving, who she goes by the name of Nix in this. Yes, and she's the like I said reigning champ. She gets all the kills. She's the badass motherfucker, the the Bruce Campbell of this world, and uh, they task him with killing her. This dude who's never shot a gun in his life and is just the internet nerd, and I just love this. Polar opposite concept. It's fucking well, one's ugh. a
1: highly trained, ruthless sociopath, and the other one's just this timid nerd who, <laughs> who's a, a keyboard warrior. He's only tough when he's behind a computer. Exactly, and uh, yeah, that's basically the gist of it. And I will admit, uh, when first watching this movie, like the first five minutes or so, mm-hmm. I found to be very concerning because it's a scene mm-hmm. where. Daniel Radcliffe's doing is trolling online, and you're watching the fight between Schism or not Schism nicks and like this truck full of other guys, and uh-huh. it's a high speed shootout. And I was worried because it was a lot of Michael Bay type action filmmaking, yes. a lot of really tight angles yes. with a shaky camera, quick editing. It's really hard to tell what's going on, and that made me nervous. And. Uh, that's fair. but that's luckily fair. that's about the only time they really use that style of editing. And the that's rest of the fights wondering. are really well choreographed. Yeah. And well, you like, can they're tell us nice yeah, see what's going they're on. They're not close up via Michael Bay. And they're just really well done. Like the choreography's spot on. It's exciting. It gets
0: your blood pumping. Which is what makes me think like, like cuz this is a very self-aware movie. Oh, definitely. So, it makes me wonder if they did that on purpose, making and, you, you know, think like it could well be a Bay movie fucking thing. Just
1: a little fake out for yeah. people who, like, recognize that style of filmmaking.
0: Like, well, what's the most recent one he did? Um, something Six on Netflix. It's with Ryan Reynolds. Oh. Six yeah. Underground. Six
1: Underground. Didn't that have, like... No, I'm thinking of a different one. The one with Ben Affleck and a bunch of other people. Oh, that was, that came uh, out recently
0: as well. I know what you're talking about, and I still need to watch it. But no, this one is, uh... uh I don't want to get off topic, but it's... It's a heist movie or whatever with Ryan Reynolds, and it's basically one long car chase the first half of the movie, and it's some good scenes, but, again, Michael Bay really loves those fucking... those close-up shot, like... The quick cuts, the, the cuts with a shaky camera. The quick cuts camera. and, like, fucking 95 different cameras on one fucking block to get every angle. It's like, dude, come on. Yeah, but... So I think this movie was kind of mocking that. And you could absolutely be right about that. I, uh, I hope I am, but... Either way, if not, it they was just unintentionally pull anyway. off some magic with that right? Them.
1: And there, I felt like this is a very style over substance kind of movie. Yes, like yeah. the characters, other than Daniel Radcliffe and Nicks, are pretty thin. Mm-hmm. They're they're cardboard cutouts, but all the actors give a good performance, and it's so stylishly fun and mindlessly violent that. You just get swept up in it. It's fucking great.
0: <clears throat> Sorry, I'm looking up the dude. I, I meant to do this earlier. The guy who played Schism, because, uh. He's a British actor. I, is he British? Yes. Because I, uh. Oh my god! No. I thought that was the guy who played Jora. <laughs> it's not him. Looks kind of just like him, though. No, he is. It says right here, Ned De- De- Dennehy is an Irish actor. Okay, that's Irish. why I was gonna bring that up because, for the most part, he had an American accent. But there was a few scenes where he sounded very Irish. <laughs> <laughs> like he no was good. good though. I feel like I've
1: seen him in other stuff. I can't put a finger on it though because they have him heavily tattooed and completely bald in this film. Right.
0: Um, where was I going with that? But he I, I, I was did the best like part his of the performance. I really did. I thought he was a very good bad guy. Um, good bad guy, what an oxymoron right, Um. but this movie really
1: does remind me of like an old 80's action flick, absolutely because it's just, it's not so much about the plot as it is like, what kind of cool action scenes can we put together and can we have a character that's likable enough to carry this film and, and they nailed it on Daniel both Radcliffe fronts Daniel
0: Radcliffe delivered
1: yeah, I've become more and more of a fan of his like, I was a huge fan because I'm Harry Potter nerd through and through. Mm -hmm. Like, that was my Stephen King before I was old enough to read Stephen King. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's just, the more he's gotten to work outside of that Harry Potter franchise, the more he's shown himself to be just like a talented
0: motherfucker who can do a whole bunch of different shit. Not even talented, it's just, I like when people are just who they are. Very charismatic. Charismatic, nerdy, like Elijah Wood too. I, I I was, I was, uh, reading an article or something about just... I think it was maybe a review of this movie. I'm not even sure. I spent a lot of fucking time on the internet. But what caught my attention was that all these child stars these days have like this stigma that they have to be the best of the best. Like, they have to maintain their starhood or they're gonna fade out of existence. And Elijah and Daniel have just... Gone the polar opposite and like, ah, eh, we're gonna do whatever the fuck we want because we like doing weird stuff. Like we made like up money. Like Swiss Army Man.
1: Like- <laughs> I need to see that movie again. The one time I ever watched it, like I had a hard time following it because I think I'd been up for over twenty four hours and I kept dozing off during it. Yeah. So I kind of look at it unfavorably, but at the same time. I also realized it was definitely a weird fucking goofy I like Paul Dano too which is why I wanted to see it yeah, right. so I need to go back and watch it it <laughs> kept falling asleep
0: it's, at the end of the day it was very I like that movie a lot just solely for it's like imagine um, who was that chick um, like Chloe Grace Moretz doing a stupid movie like that She'd be like, no, fuck you. But I'm a real actor. <laughs> but Danny Radcliffe's like, yeah, fuck yeah. I'll play a corpse that farts like a motorboat. I'm like, dude, it's weird. <laughs> He's <but." laughs> got an
1: interesting filmography, though, because mm-hmm. he did all seven Harry Potters, well, eight, because they had to break up that last book into two movies. Right, right. Um, he did Horns, which is a Joe Hill novel. Oh,
0: yeah, I forgot about Horns. That was a good one, too.
1: And Joe Hill, Stephen King's son. Yeah. That shit's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I and forgot about one. He ones. did uh, the flatulating one. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure if I've seen him in anything else. And then, of course, Guns Akimbo. That's which... exactly. He just does these weird offshot like indie movies. And the, bringing it back to Elijah Wood, he's got that come to daddy or whatever. That again, comes out weird, equally
0: indie weird indie movies.
1: But that looks fucking awesome. And he also did one. Uh... He did the Faculty, which is one of my favorite like late '90s, early 2000s sci fi films. Yes
0: forgot about the faculty.
1: I always feel bad for him in that movie because the first time you see him in that whole thing is he's being picked up by like six kids and they rack him on a fucking flagpole like three kids <laughs> yeah. on one side, three kids on the other, legs spread, and just, just balls to the, the flagpole fucking... and you're just like Yep.
0: Ah, oh God.
1: and I'm pretty sure I was going through puberty the first time <laughs> I saw that movie so like heightened
0: empathy for that poor kid. Yeah, he just does these uh, from, um, it's been a hot minute since I've the last one I think I saw him in was uh, Elijah Wood. Uh, Cooties. I don't. I haven't seen Rain that. Rain Wilson and uh, it. I. That's a guilty pleasure movie of mine. God damn. Hey. You're Why a can't people just today. <laughs> leave me alone? That was an alarm. Oh. Anyway, Elijah Wood. Again, though, for those that don't know, he was also a producer on um, *Colorado Space*. That was cool. That's Thought that was really awesome. cool. Lovecraft represent. Represent. Anyway, I'm fangirling over these two dudes, but I really enjoy them because of just how non-celebrity they are. Right. They're like, I still
1: act, but I already recognize I've made enough money to (laughs) do whatever the fuck I want for the rest of my life. And
0: I respect the shit out of that. It's not a a status thing for them, and I fucking love it. So, kudos. Anyway, this movie is just bonkers off the wall, and it's Really fucking funny. I hope it gets a sequel. They definitely set it up like there could be a sequel. They did. Although I didn't really like that part. It's just me, but... Honestly, I
1: think that ending works better if there really is no sequel. Yes. And that's purely because I know I just said I want a sequel, but now that I stopped to think about it, I was like... I don't see any
0: way a sequel could top this. Right, and just... Okay, I will say that's my least favorite part was the ending. I didn't like that. You didn't like that? No. I...
1: I, See, it's hard because I did like that setup for a sequel, even if it never gets one. But at the same time, now that you say that, if I sit here and think about it for a minute, the way it ends on the rooftop
0: is a much better ending than than The John Wick ending? I'm like, what? Where the fuck did... okay. I hmm, this movie not as uh, it spoiler. Almost feels it's like spoiler. they gave him that uh,
1: that second ending to give him a character arc to Which show he that he's like grown a pair of balls. But I kind of like him just. I spoiler kinda, alert: he fucking die. Supposed to
0: die at the end. Yes, and I think it would have been either a much better if he did die, or b if he just went back to doing because they go from. I mean, yeah, he did have that character arc of a fucking goofy nerd who didn't know how to do anything, and he slowly... Like, he is smart. Like, that plays a part, too. Like, he uses his brains a lot, but he goes from a goofy internet nerd to all of a sudden, the very end is him going to hunt the rest of these people of schism. In a suit, it's just very John Wick style, and I'm like, I don't like that. <laughs> like, I wish they That's would have That's fair. <laughs> See, <laughs> I am I keep flip-flocking... Uh, flip, 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 flip. Flip flopping back and forth because
1: now that I'm thinking about it, is and we're still in spoilers, so sorry and shit. Uh, that whole thing is after he gets shot, they do that scene where him and his ex are making out. Yes. And then he's like, oh, sorry for the fake-out. I'm yes. really bleeding out on the roof. Which I thought was cool. I did like that. But see, it follows in line that with the style of this movie and yeah. the tone of it, that they're like, gotcha again. Of course he didn't die. Now he's a superhero. Right. So it's just like they keep building on that fake-out gag. Yes. So that's one of the reasons why I like it. Okay. Now that's that I, I've had time to kind of analyze it, <laughs> it's like they're taking it that one step further where most people will be like, that's a safe place to end. They're like, nah, let's take it one step further.
0: Right. Good or ill, which we I, just want to be those guys to take it I, I, one which, one more step. I mean, hey, that's why I don't write movies. But I, I wasn't a huge fan of how that ended. That's fair. You know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Well, yeah. I, I think uh, it was
1: serviceable, especially because. Well, and that's totally fine. But I, I, I think I'm more forgiving because this was never supposed to be some great work of cinema. You know, no, it's not, no, no, no. not going to be something that ends up in the Congressional
0: Library of course, for all time. It's literally a guy walking around with fucking tiger fucking slippers and a robe with guns bolted to his fucking hands. To his hands. Speaking of, I don't know if it was because I was slightly tipsy or what, but there was one scene where it looked like, I don't know, it looked like really, really bad CGI. One of the bolts on his hands wasn't. Um, in lined with his hand, hmm. like a motion tracker wasn't put in or something, because uh, he, like he moves his hand and the bolt's like staying still on his hand. Really, while the hands move. I in. didn't
1: catch that. Yeah, all... it's
0: one like a couple frames, but I kept looking at it like what the
1: fuck. <laughs> I mean, it very well could have been. I I yeah. never caught that. But that's so fucking minute that yeah, that's just
0: petty at this point. But
1: one of the things I like and you know this is whole depending on how fun a movie and engaging it is uh-huh. like, it really determines the ability for me to suspend disbelief before I'm like okay this is bullshit and this movie is so fun that I'm willing to buy that Samara weaving's good enough to hit a fucking drone
0: with an RPG while it's in mid flight but she can't hit Daniel while he's running well, I mean, for plot device, sure, but yeah, it's like she's the best killer in the game, and she can't hit a dude running two feet in front. I of
1: mean, her. I mean, she literally did
0: shoot it through the windows of the car. <laughs> but she was close. You just around, got like, lucky. He would be dead. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but hey, it's the dynamic those two had was really good. Yeah, Samara Weaving. I want to see her in everything. She is Bay
1: I would worship the ground she walked on, like Tarantino worship his worship's feet. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying, like she charismatic, she's a fucking badass.
0: Yeah, and she's Hugo Weaving's niece. What more do you want?
1: So that means she probably speaks Elvish. Probably.
0: Shit, she could be fucking too bad. And those, uh, old those
1: chrome fangs that she has in this movie it's like
0: kind of a dirt on. Yeah, but they also made her look like a fucking meth head. So
1: I thought more <laughs> of That's a kink, goth Michael. vampire. <laughs>
0: She had, like, no eyebrows. They were bleach blonde. <laughs> she dyed her brows to match her hair. Ah. Because they were there. Yeah, I know they were, but it still made her look even more like a man. makes her look like a ghost. <laughs> a ghost. ghost. <laughs> anyway, both um, surprisingly good movies, and I would recommend them to everybody. I do have a quick question. Ah. The guy in the kilt.
1: What kind of accent was he speaking with that whole time? Was it Canadian? He wasn't in a kilt, by
0: the way. That wasn't a kilt. No, it was like jean shorts with a flannel shirt. It looked just like a kilt, but and I had to like really look at it. Yeah, really, I have been thinking it was a kilt this whole time. (laughs) No, it was. Yeah, he was wearing just shorts and like a flannel shirt wrapped around it. What accent was he speaking with? I'm not sure. I really, I don't know if he's Irish too, but yeah, it felt off. It felt like a New Zealander trying to do
1: like a Canadian accent. Because this is a New Zealand film. Is it New Zealand? From looking it up. Okay. And that's why the homeless guy sounds the way he does. Oh, Reese
0: Darby. No, I have to talk about him. I I can't believe I forgot that shit. He was my favorite part of that movie. He was great. I love Reese Darby so goddamn much. But (laughs) the shit he was saying. What was it? Like... No, I don't want to... Uh, no. <laughs> it's part of the plot. I don't want to spoil it. But he's
1: so fucking funny, dude. I think one of the best sources of humor in this entire film is just the amount of comedy they get out of Daniel Radcliffe trying to figure out how to do things yeah. with guns bolted to his hands. Yes. he can't like open doors yeah, or drive absolutely. properly. And that's a gag that just runs throughout the whole movie and it gets
0: funnier every fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Especially he's trying to take a piss... Where he's, like, mm-hmm. missing everybody. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. Just don't, don't shoot with the- off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
1: It's so great. Oh, yeah. The, those are the two movies we watched with watched this week. Fuck.
0: These beers are getting to me, too. I know. And I literally just said, we're not going to spoil everything. And I just spoiled this whole fucking movie. No, we did pretty everything. good, I think. <laughs> but, uh, This one is more cut and dry than color, so. Oh, yeah. There's no real, <laughs> like,
1: big twists or turns in Guns Akimbo. It's yeah. just straight up adrenaline-fueled. Yeah, fun action movie. This might be the fun most fun I've had watching an action movie since. Th- what are those Statham movies where he has to keep his
0: blood pressure up? Oh, cranked.
1: Yeah, since the cranked, cranked movies.
0: Yeah, my bad. Those were a good time too. Yeah, they were stupid and good. I like this stupid is it, and good.
1: Stupid works best in an action film because it you're really not. Does you're not going to watch a, a well-thought-out, well-written, like, character. So you're just going to see shit blow up and a cool dude kick some fucking ass. And Amy Smart's boobs. You what? right. What? You what? right. Tell <laughs> totally me I'm idea. wrong. <laughs> you're not. Okay, anyway. But, yeah. yeah. If you like horror movies, if you like action, I'd recommend both of these movies. Fucking A. They're just a grand old time. And even if you're not... Not a fan of either of those Watch them anyways Expand your horizons Get outside your (laughs) comfort zone Exactly You might like it You never know You
0: never know Just like when we talk In a Scottish accent We're not Scottish But we like doing it Makes us feel good Makes us feel like A greater part of things It's true Makes us feel like We have a place
1: in the world This insignificant world Full of eldritch gods Sorry Flashbacks to when I was in a Cthulhu cold Oh you're good
0: I'm gonna go home And worship him
1: Alright, well, thanks for listening. If you're watching this on YouTube, like, and subscribe, and all that bullshit. And uh, if you're on one of the podcast asks, uh, just keep listening to us. Thanks, guys. Uh, I have yeah. no idea what we're doing next week. Uh, shooting from the hip coming up. Maybe we'll talk about The Void. That's another really good Lovecraftian horror that I saw recently.
0: Well, if I can read that damn novel
1: in time, we can talk about that. Oh, The Dark Tower? Yeah.
0: Uh, you got five other volumes
1: yeah. to read. Excuse me? Yeah. You're making me do fucking homework. <laughs> it's a comic book, you Nancy.
0: <laughs> My attention span is out of a durable.
1: But it's pretty pictures. That should capture your attention. Oh, you're, right, you're
0: right. All right. Well, anyway, we'll figure something out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. Be safe. Love each other. Tyler, no. Hate each other. Positive message. but Positive vibes here, Michael. Hate each other. Eat the rich.